0: I'm gonna read through the lyrics again real quick and then we're gonna jump in here. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary, it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day will never lose its power. Because it reaches to the highest mountain, reaches wherever it needs to go, reaches every place in our life, reaches every place in our soul, every place of disappointment, every place of tragedy, every place of woundedness, that blood will go. And it flows to the lowest valley, no matter how low you get. No matter how dark it gets. No matter how far away you feel like. He's there. The blood's there. I love that part. It soothes my doubts and calms my fears. And it dries all my tears. The blood that gives me strength from day to day will never lose its power. If you're new with us today, we've been in a series since the beginning of July. We'll finish it up next weekend this series called The Songs of Summer. We've done this for a few years in a row now, and we'll take a song, uh, we'll kind of seek God for the songs, and we feel it like the songs that he puts on our hearts that we get impressed about, and then we've, we, we develop the message from the lyrics of that song. Obviously, it's gotta be scriptural. So I'm gonna talk to you for these next, whatever time it takes. <laughs> I was gonna say a few minutes, but I'd be lying. And let's talk about the blood. We don't realize you and I would not be sitting here in the presence of God. You and I would have no hope of eternity with God if it were not for the blood that was shed. Amen. Now our critics, many critics throughout the there. say, well Christianity is such a bloody religion. Yeah, it's right. The book, it's a bloody book. It starts out with blood, it ends up with blood. It's, it's because it's blood. Listen to Leviticus chapter 17. It talks about the importance of the blood. God speaking to Moses, and Moses speaking to the people, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now think about that. You can lose an arm, you can lose a leg, you can lose a kidney, you might lose an ear, lose an eye, you could still live. Amen, but you take the blood out of a body. Nothing survives without blood, because life is in the blood, and that's why God required the life, the blood, and the animal sacrifices. We'll talk about it a little bit more. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. In other words, the thing that's going to appease the sin that's in your life, the thing that's going to appease the anger of God, I'm talking about Old Testament now, not New Testament, Old Testament, was an animal had to die. And this goes way back, way back to Genesis chapter three. Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? It says that God took skins to cover their nakedness. Well, where did these skins come from? Animals. So we have the very first animal sacrifice right there in Genesis chapter three. Now I've said this before, if you've been in this church any length of time, you've heard me say this before. I personally and truly believe, and I believe it's accurate because it goes in nature, goes in the, it follows through with the nature of God. And when Adam and Eve sinned and, and God took those um, animal skins, I believe there were probably sheep. Because like, if you see, that follows through the rest of the pattern throughout the Bible. There's something about lambs that's very special to God. So there were probably sheep that were killed, were slain, and they were skinned. But you see, modern-day man paints these pictures and you know Hollywood, make these movies that cavemen would... would animal skins where do you think they got that idea from okay but there's only one difference i doubt very much that god took the time to wash those skins i believe with all my heart that he took those skins off of those animals bloody and all probably still warm with the life of those animals and put it on adam and eve why to make the point this is what your sin has cost and you see from that point, for the next 4,000 years, from that point in time when Adam and Eve fell, God covered with them skins, till 4,000 years later, to the Lamb of God, Amen. went on the cross and offered up His body as a sacrifice. His blood shed for every single one. us. From that, from that point, from Adam and Eve until Jesus, God was content to receive the blood of animals, because every one of those sacrifices pointed to the one who would come to the one who would put himself on that cross and shed his blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood and he's given us that blood as an atonement. What is an atonement? An atonement is a payment that brings reconciliation. It atones for the sin. It's a payment, amen? Amen. Now, the only difference, when God accepted the blood of animals, The only difference between that blood, well I shouldn't say the only difference to minimize it, the greatest difference between an animal sacrifice and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is, no matter how many millions of animals were killed during those 4,000 years, not one person was ever transformed in their spirit. You went to the temple, you brought an animal, the blood was shed, your sins were covered, not erased, and every year, you got an expiration date, you gotta come back next year, Do the same thing all over again. Not one priest, not one person that was bringing the sacrifice ever left that temple born again. The blood only covered, but the stain was still there. Amen. Amen. Amen? Jesus goes on the cross. And according to Hebrews, which we're going to read in a moment, it was one sacrifice for all, but this sacrifice was different because those who placed their trust in this sacrifice not only cleansed, not only redeemed, not only reconciled, but born again. Brand new creation, brand new creature in Christ. Amen? Listen to, listen to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which you never take away sin. Can I have a two-minute little break here? Because when I read this, I feel like I need to make this point. There's so much controversy, and there has been for the past 100, 200 years, so much controversy about the Gospels, about the letters that are written to the church, and you see the critics will say, well, those letters were written hundreds of years later. No, that's impossible, and here's a proof right here. Whoever wrote this book, Hebrews, we call it Hebrews, okay, written to the Hebrews, I believe it was Paul. You have your opinion. When we get to heaven, we'll find out me and him are right, okay. (laughs) Listen to what he's saying every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices pastor what's the big deal he's written this letter while the temple is still standing look look, look at me don't don't blow this off this is extremely because you're going to come across a critic one day or somebody's going to want to debate with you and say those letters were written hundreds of years ago oh no 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 He's saying that when this letter was being written, there were still sacrifices going on in the temple. That means this letter and all the other gospels had to be written before 79 AD. That makes it less than 40 years from the time that Jesus was on the earth. You listen, it's extremely important. So nowhere, there's no mention throughout any of the epistles, even in the book of Revelation. No mention of the temple being destroyed. And the temple being the very central thing in Judaism, if the temple had been destroyed, somebody would have wrote about it. You listening to me? So all of this stuff is contemporary to the original apostles and and only a few decades after Jesus was actually on the earth. So you can put your trust in the gospels, you can put your trust in the epistles, you can put your trust in all the letters that are written to the church. Amen? Amen? And every priest stands daily at, sac- uh, in this, at this service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. See what it says? Can never ta- well, those sacrifices could never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of, of God. Now, sitting down in biblical symbolism is extremely important. you only sit down when you've completed your mission. Okay? So it's a once and for all sacrifice. Waiting from that time, verse 13, until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, here it is, verse 14, by a single offering has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That is an amazing verse of scripture. I don't wanna bypass this and go on to the next thing. Look at what it says. For by a single offering, the one and only time that Jesus Christ went to the cross. Now if you were raised in a church that I was raised in, we put him on the cross every Sunday. That's right. That's unscriptural. OK, for by a single offering, he Christ has perfected for all time those that's us who are being sanctified. Look at the wonderful work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the grace of God. When we come to him and we declare him as our Lord and Savior, we're declared perfect in God's sight. But are we perfect on earth? No, we're still growing. We're still learning. Amen. Amen. So he's perfected us, but yet at the same time, his Holy Spirit's working in us to sanctify us a little bit at a time until we take that last breath. You got this? But look at how good he is. If you took your last breath this afternoon, and maybe you haven't been living perfect, because nobody lives perfect, only one lives perfect on this earth, you're still going to heaven. Why? Because he declared you perfect when you first declared him Savior and Lord. Your spirit is perfect. Your soul needs to be worked on. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Turn to somebody and say, thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's move on. Jesus demonstrated the significance of his blood at the Last Supper with his disciples. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood, this is my blood, this is my blood. Now what was in that cup? Wine. What did he say it was? His blood. This is my blood of the new covenant. And when he said that, in the spirit realm, the page turned. It went from Old Testament to New Testament. He said, this is my blood. In the Old Testament, the covenant was made with Abraham it was the blood of animals. Go read it, Genesis 15. I gave you that homework assignment last week or two weeks ago. Go read it. But now this covenant is in his blood. He said, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So, in this time that we have left, I wanna talk about, and I'm gonna move very quickly. You're gonna to have to listen quickly, all right? You gonna listen quickly? Yes. I had one person go, okay, the rest are like, yeah, we'll get there. Are you gonna listen quickly? Yes. All right. Now I need to hear the amens, a grunt, or something, so that I know I can go on. Okay? Oh, Hallelujah. Number one, our redemption, our reconciliation with God required the blood of Jesus. So the blood reconciled us, the blood redeemed us, the blood was accepted as payment. Colossians 1:20. Through and through him, Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let me tell you a very quick story, okay? And I don't tell these stories to entertain. I tell these stories to see the practical application of the scriptures. Amen? Amen. Amen. And listen, many years ago, probably at this point, about 20, 22, 23 years ago, um, church was only a few years old. There was a woman that was attending the church, had two daughters. Uh nice woman, she came to visit me one time, she said, Pastor, it's weighing on my heart, I have a sister that has not spoken to me in 10 years. They had differences, the whole family had split up over an inheritance, which that normally will do, so uh, guys, let's spend all our money so we don't leave anything to anybody, <laughs> so they don't fight. <laughs> so she came and she said, I haven't talked to my sister in 10 years, and this is really bothering me, and I had just been studying that verse of scripture, about the blood bring, bringing reconciliation, not only in heaven, but also on earth. And I said to her, no problem, let's pray. We, we, we took hands, she reached over to the desk, I was on the other side desk, we prayed. I prayed this scripture according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. Father, I pray the blood of Jesus would bring reconciliation between so and so and her sister. Lord, you said in the word that the blood will reconcile us here on earth as, as much as it's reconciled in heaven. I swear to you as I'm standing here, two days later she calls me up. She said, you're not gonna believe this. I said, try me. She said, I got a call from my sister yesterday. Amen. She said, I was walking on this trail, which she did every morning. She said, and at some point, as I'm walking on the trail, I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit come upon me. She said, I'm so sorry that we haven't spoken to each other all these years. They reconciled. Amen. That was a coincidence. <laughs> After 10 years, This will work. I've prayed this many times over relationships. The blood of Jesus is powerful. It reconciles. Look, if it was powerful enough to reconcile us to God, our Father, it doesn't take anything to reconcile one human being to another one. Amen. Amen? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. And in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. God in his goodness received Jesus' blood as the payment for you and I. Amen? Number two, the blood cleanses us from all sin. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Go down to verse 22 in the same chapter, in fact, the law requires nearly everything to be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Now, I'm gonna go back in my notes to a scripture that I skipped before. 1 John chapter 1, verse seven. Can you put that up there, please? 1 John chapter 1, verse seven. Look at this. Watch this now. Don't miss that on any word that the God, God gives us, okay? But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, We have fellowship with one another. There's that reconciliation of relationship. You got it? And look at this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, say it loud with me, cleanses. Cleanses. Not cleansed. Cleanses. Which indicates what? Ongoing activity. It's constantly cleansing us. Now watch this now. It's tied to being in fellowship with one another. Well, Pastor, I have a really hard time with so-and-so. I have a really hard time with that person. I really have a hard time with this individual, with that individual. Oh. <laughs> the blood of Jesus cleanses us when we are walking in the light as he is in the light. Okay, so watch your relationships. Watch your unforgiveness levels. Watch your, your, your love for the brethren, Okay. Why? Because it's tied to this. I don't care. I don't need anybody else in this world. Oh, just give me Jesus. Oh, oh, no, no. No, that that doesn't work with the scripture. We need each other. We've been created to be in fellowship with each other. We're created to love each other, to forgive each other, to put up with each other. Hallelujah. Let's move on. What was I at? Number two? So listen, I want to go back to that. Verse 22 of Hebrews 9. I want us to see something here. How are we doing today? All right? you learning anything? Has this this service been a blessing so far? Yeah, big time. Now, look at this. In fact, the law requires, now what's the law referring to? Old Testament. When you see the word law, Old Testament. Say this with me, when I see the word law, I'm thinking Old Testament, Okay. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Let me tell you what this is referring to, okay? When Solomon's temple was built, the very first temple, there there was sacrifices that need to be made. There's all kinds of utensils that God instructed them how to build, okay? And actually, it really goes back to the tabernacle in the desert when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, going to the promised land. God gave them instructions, but then kind of expanded those instructions when the temple itself would be built in Jerusalem. So they needed utensils, tools, articles that they were gonna to have to use in the animal sacrifices. So it involved shovels, it involved forks, it involved pitchers and all these other things to catch the blood when the animals were sacrificed. Now. In Hebrews, it's reminding them that when those articles were made, when those utensils were fashioned, two things took place. Number one, if you were to take one of those pictures, let's say, that they gathered the blood for the sacrifice to be brought into the Holy of Holies, if you turned it upside down, you wouldn't see made in China or made in Japan. You would see it was stamped holy unto the Lord. In other words, the only thing this could be used for is for the temple service for the Lord. Now, do you remember in Book of Daniel when that wise guy king decided to throw a, a, a party and used the utensils from the temple to drink wine out of? And what happened? What showed up on the wall? The handwriting on the wall. We get that saying today, wow, the handwriting's on the wall. Where do you think that came from? Book of Daniel. And he was judged because he took the things that said holy unto the Lord and used them to have a drunken bash, okay? And cost them the kingdom. All right. Well, let's get back to this. Now, the other thing that was done to these utensils before they could be used in a temple service is they're sprinkled with blood. Everything, mercy, see everything, Ark of the Covenant, everything, utensils, shovels for the, for the fires, the sacrifice for the, sa- everything was sprinkled with blood. Now, Let's take that over to the New Testament. When you got born again, when you received Christ, the Holy Spirit came and stamped you, sealed you. And if we could see in the Spirit, holy unto the Lord. When you were born again and you gave your life to Christ, you were also sprinkled by the blood of the Lamb of God, spiritually speaking. So, Pastor, what does that got to do with it? Well, just like those utensils in the Old Testament could only be used for the service of the Lord, guess what? You and I are only supposed to be used here for the service of the Lord. Every single one of us is stamped holy unto Him. What does that mean? Separate, sanctified, set apart, only to be used by Him. Now, I said this last night, don't get mad at me. Let me take a drink before I start. It grieves me when I see these individuals go on these TV shows, uh, American Idol, for instance. And how many, there's so many of them, when they introduce them, oh, he's a worship leader at his church. Oh, she's a worship leader at church. Oh, she's the choir director. What are you you doing taking the gift that God gave you and bringing it out to the world? That person is stamped holy unto the Lord. That voice, that talent, that ability, is supposed to be used for the one who gave it. So say, what are you saying, Pastor, we shouldn't watch it? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you see somebody up there like that, and there's been many throughout the years, pray for that individual. Pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come upon them that they would take their gift and bring it back to where they're supposed to use it in church. I used this other example last night of Elvis. Now, I personally never liked his music. But that's not that my wife likes it, whatever. But the man was called of God to reach his generation. Baptized in the Holy Ghost, saved, fully saved, okay? But what happened? He got manipulated by the world and took the gift that God gave him to reach the world and used it in the world, used it for entertainment. Now last night, I'm glad Pastor Joy was here because he remembered the name because I remembered years ago that there was a minister that was very close to uh, Elvis. His name was Rex Humbard. He was very popular back in the 70s. Okay, you remember him? He used to have a TV show. Well, Elvis would fly Rex Humbard and his wife and their leadership team to wherever he was having his concerts, and they would. While he's singing, Rex Humbart is in the back room with his team praying for Elvis. So when you watch these old videos and you see Elvis all of a sudden start crying, it's because Rex Humbart said the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come upon him in the middle of a concert and he wouldn't know what to do with it. And tears would flow down his face because he knew the Spirit of God was upon him. And what ended up happening to that poor man? Manipulated by the world for money, for fame, for everything else, ends up dying with his face in the toilet. You and I, you and I, to, uh, to some degree or another, we have a responsibility to use our lives, these bodies, our intellect, our resources. Everything is stamped holy unto the Lord. We're sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb of God who took away the sins of this world. We owe him this. It's not something that we say, well, I think I'll do this out of the goodness of my heart. No, 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 no. Jesus suffered and died for his blood to be released out of his veins. So that you and I could come back into the presence of God. The very least we can do is to offer. That's why Romans tells us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Not a dead God doesn't need dead sacrifices. They don't do any good. He needs living sacrifices. He needs people that are dedicated, people that are willing to surrender themselves, their lives, their dreams, whatever. Here, God, take me, do what you want. And you know what happens when you do that? Man, you had the most glorious adventure of your life. Amen. Number three, the blood protects us. Think about the Passover. Instruction was given to to Moses to give to the people of Israel. He said they're to take a lamb without blemish, without spot, perfect lamb. And they're to keep it for four days. I could teach a whole month on that one, okay? But it doesn't have nothing to do with this teaching. On the 14th day, all of the community of Israel, all the Israelites are supposed to slay their lambs at the same time late in the afternoon. What time did Jesus die on the cross? Late in the afternoon. While they're slaughtering their animals, he's on the cross. It is finished. Okay? Jesus has always been there. But back in Passover, in Exodus chapter 12, God gives instruction to Moses, tell him to take a lamb, slaughter that lamb, take its blood, and apply it to the doorposts and to the lentil. Well, if I had a door frame here, and I did this once years ago, teaching on this, if you put the blood on the, on the lentil, on the top post and on the side post, what, what design do you create? A cross. A cross. He's always been there. The lamb has always been there. Jesus has always been there, just took eyes to see. Now, we have the revelation of who he is in this, in this age that we live in now, the age of grace, the age of the church. Amen? But that blood, watch now, watch now, why were they instructed to put the blood on the doorposts over their house? Why? Because when the angel of death came through, the angel of death passed over that household. Well, guess what? You've been brought under the blood when you got born again. You had to come through the blood of Jesus to get born again. Amen? That blood, spiritually speaking, is on every one of our lives. And that same blood that protected the Israelites is the same blood that protects us. But you see, if you're not aware of it, you won't enforce that. So when any type of evil tries to come against your household, come against your body, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, everything that is a result of Satan, you and I have given to us the power, the delegated authority to speak and say, excuse me, sickness, excuse me, poverty, excuse me, depression. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. You've got to pass over me. Are you catching this? Same blood, same power, and it's available to us. You see, but if you're not aware of these, you're not going to use it. Amen? Amen. Now, Romans chapter 5, we're talking about protection now. Verse 9 says, since therefore we have been justified by his blood, in other words, declared innocent by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Now, I was having this conversation before service. The church in the past 10 to 20 years, I'm talking about Universal Church, has gotten drunk over the concept that God is love. Now, is God love? Don't go out of here and say, Pastor Joe said that God's not, no. Is God love? Yes. Is, is he always love? Yes. Will he always be love? Yes. But he's also justice. Now, there's a side of God that you and I have not seen yet and will not see. It's the wrath of God. And there's coming a time, and it's coming. And I'm telling you, I think it's coming a lot quicker than we think it's coming. Where we're going to. How do I do this in timely fashion? Scripture says we've been delivered from the wrath of God. We've been saved from the wrath of God. So right now, we're in a time period where people say, well America's under judgment, this country, oh no, no, no. Honey, we ain't seen the judgment of God. Are you kidding me? The worst catastrophe that hit this planet is nothing compared to when the wrath of God is poured out on this planet. But it's not now. You're the church, we're the church, I'm the church. The church has been delivered by the blood of Jesus from the wrath of God. Okay, but there's gonna come a time when the church has taken off this planet. That's right. Always gets nice and quiet when you talk talking Amen. about this stuff. Oh, yeah. right. There's coming a time, and it's gonna be in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. And I wish it was now. Amen. That we'll be out of here. The trumpet will blow Amen. and every born-again believer on this planet. Boom, out of here. Amen. And then, then the wrath of God gets poured out on this planet. And many in those that day will say, Let the rocks fall on us. Let the mountains fall on us. They'd rather die crushed than to have to see the face of the one who's coming in wrath. Amen? Amen. That's why it's important to get in the boat now. Amen. Because it's, it's, it's the ark, the whole story of Noah's ark is, is the story of Jesus' second coming and the rapture. That rain could not come until they got in the ark. That's why it's important for you to get as many people in the ark now, because the time's coming where that's going to get sealed and nobody can get in the ark after that. They'll have to go through that time of wrath. And you're not going to want to be on this earth. Nobody will. But thank God for the blood. Say that with me. Thank God for the blood. The blood has saved me from the wrath of God. Why? Why? Because he poured that wrath on Jesus. On our behalf, He took the wrath that you deserved, that I deserved, put it on Jesus. So, for Him to pour it out on us now, while we're on the earth, would be a slap in the face to Jesus. The, the judgment of God can't come until the church. Now we'll see little signs here and there, and that'll be bad enough. We're seeing a lot of stuff right now, right. and it's bad enough. But it's going to be much worse during that time period. Yeah. I'm just a delivery boy. Number four, we've been purchased by the blood. I love this. Like slaves being purchased off the auction block. block. So we too have been purchased in the slavery of sin and set free by the payment of blood. Something had to pay. Something has to pay. There has to be a price paid. God did not wink at your sins. God did not wink at my sins. He put them on Jesus. Nobody gets away with anything. We've been freed by that payment. Now, thank God that the Father in heaven received that blood as payment. Or we'd be lost forever. Now, watch this. First Peter, chapter one, verse 17. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, that fear is respectful awe and reverence, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But what were we redeemed with? Well, verse 19 tells us, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot, without blemish. Colossians 1.14 says, we've been bought by this blood and made free. Our sins are forgiven through Him. And that blood, I can't can't say it enough. Thank God that the blood was received as payment. Now listen, I wanna wanna just throw this in about a minute and a half, and then we'll get back on this and we'll wrap this up. Did you learn anything today? Watch this now. You remember on Easter Sunday morning, the very first Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead sometime after the Sabbath on Saturday night. they didn't get there until Sunday morning. But sometime between Sabbath, Saturday night, and Sunday morning when the women got there, he rose from the dead. You remember the women came there? They're looking for Jesus. The tomb is open. The The cloths are there. They can't find him. But then they turn around and Jesus is there. And Mary Magdalene dives for his feet and goes to wrap her arms around his feet. And he said to her, do not touch me for I've not yet ascended to my God and your God, and my Father and your Father. You remember that? Yes. But then, but then on the other occasion, just maybe God knows how long later, the women come, and he does receive their worship, and they do, and then later on, he tells the disciples, put your fingers here, put your hands. What made the difference? Why, why, why on that morning, as soon as, as, soon as they came to the tomb, he said, don't touch me? It's because he's on his way to heaven. You see, because his blood could not just be shed here on earth, his blood had to be deposited in heaven. Do you remember with the Colossians chapter one verse twenty before? He's reconciled all things in earth and where in heaven. See in heaven there's a temple. In heaven there's a holy of holies. In heaven there's an ark of the covenant with the mercy seat above it with the two angels. Okay, you remember the story? You remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Remember? What's his name? What's the guy's name there? What's the guy's name that played the, the main character? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. You remember him? Hat, whip, the whole bit. Indiana Jones, thank you. Okay, that Ark of the Covenant existed. It's not wasn't a Hollywood thing. They made a big story out of it. Okay, so, so watch this now. There was one on earth in the temple in Jerusalem, and there's another one in heaven. Jesus, the high priest, had to take some of his blood and go ascend before the Father and take that blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Honestly speaking, that's really when our salvation was complete. Because right. our Father in heaven that received that payment. Amen. Then he comes back and anybody can touch him. You say, well, what's the big deal about it? Well, the big deal is because you see, we have a, a, what's the word I'm looking for, foreshadowing? In the Old Testament, when the priest would take the sacrifice, the blood of the sacrifice, and go into the Holy of Holies, nobody could touch him. You couldn't touch him. Why? Because he's on his way to bring the blood. To put it on the mercy seat so God in heaven would cover the sins of the people for one year. In fact, I, I, I challenge you to go look this up. The utensil that was used to gather the blood that would be taken into the Holy of Holies does not have a flat bottom because they can't put it down. It's shaped like a cone so that the priest is constantly moving with this thing. Why? When blood's set down, it begins to coagulate. And the priest could not, they couldn't just put it down and go take a cigarette break. They They had to be very conscious of what they're doing. It's very holy, very sacred. Well, Jesus is the vessel that the blood was contained in. That vessel had to be broken at the cross so his blood could be shed. But that vessel also had to be presented in heaven. Listen, folks, I know we don't think about this a lot, but we should the blood of Jesus Christ is central to our relationship with the Father. We should constantly be thanking God for the blood of Jesus. We should be constantly thanking God for all that was accomplished through that blood. Now listen, I wanna wrap this up quickly. If you're here this morning, and I say this with all the tenderness of my heart that I can, and you have not yet for your very own self received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't fool around with your eternity. Don't, 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 don't listen to me. There's something about our human nature that is dangerous. Do not come to church and pacify yourself with the fact that you came to church, I don't think we're gonna do that, okay? Don't allow just coming to church to pacify your soul. Well, I'm a good boy today. I'm a good girl today, I went to church. I I feel good, I feel good. Church is not here for us to feel good. Church is here for us to come together, worship God. Church is here for us to be challenged by the word. Church is here for us to hold each other up, to support each other, okay? But church is a vehicle by which the gospel goes forth. But you have to take action. Please, I beg you, don't play games. Do not play games. If you, in your heart, are not sure, if you have never, if you've constantly resisted receiving Christ for yourself because you're afraid that somebody's going to embarrass you, you don't want to make a spectacle of yourself, or it's a private issue for you, Please, put all that foolishness aside. And please, receive Christ as your Savior. Pray a simple prayer of declaration of faith in Him. And your spirit will come to life. And you'll be saved. Amen. Amen.